We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for joining us. Today, Pastor Randall reminds us that God desires to do great things in and through us. He made us to glorify Him, and He gave us unlimited potential and gifts to accomplish His plan and purpose for our lives. The Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, if only we would trust, believe, and depend on Him. The extraordinary things He has in store for us would become our reality. Let's stop limiting ourselves. Let God have his way. Listen in with the Bible, pen and paper handy, as you will want to take notes. Understand what I'm saying? He could be just as funny being a man. Or if you want a real Madea, get a woman who is a woman being a Madea. Okay, look how quiet I got there. He said, oh, he just shot me down. Oh, every, I hope you be. I hope God convicts you every time you try to pick Madea up. I'm just telling you how Satan works. How Satan works. Now, if your child came in dressed like that, would you laugh? Oh, 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 oh okay. Uh, uh, oh, I didn't say that this morning, but did, would, would you laugh? Uh, uh, would you laugh? Oh, boy, what are you looking? What's wrong with you? You a man? Huh? But it comes on the screen, and you go pay to see it, and you say, ha, ha, ha. It's getting quiet because that's conviction. We need to be careful what we laugh at. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about laughing at anything. I'm talking about those things that are healthy, clean jokes, clean fun, silly stuff, or, or sometimes just being crazy. That's fine. But you ought not be laughing at things that break the heart of God. Look how quiet it, y'all. Amen. Come on, I'm mean, y'all gonna get me. You gonna get up off this? Amen? Amen. Okay. Another one is servanthood. Y'all say, "Oh, pastor, you getting off? I can't wait till you stop. I'm not gonna stop till I'm through." Servanthood. Say servanthood. servanthood. Now, what's the root word in servanthood? Servant. servant. And a servant is one who what? Serves. From servanthood, you get servant. A servant, the root word of servant is serve. A servant is one who serves. You know, we got ministry fair going on right now around all these. We got tables. I don't know how many tables. Table representatives, when you leave out here today, you'll be able to sign up. We got a bunch of tables all down the building, 47,000 square foot of facility, building tables and table and ministry representatives, ministry representatives at every table. Let me ask you, are you in one ministry? And if you're not in one, why? You mean tell me God brought you from 2010 to 2011 to do nothing for him? Is that why he brought you here? Or to do more for him? Huh? You, you know, don't a la carte the church. You know what people do? 
they hop around and they just see before I join this, before I join this church, it has to be, I got to make sure that they got a good nursery. I got to make sure the choir could sing. I got to make sure they got ample parking. I want to make sure the preacher can sing. I want to make sure, you know, you call all these lists and then I'll join the church. It's all, that's a me mentality. It's not what the church can do for you, my friend, but it's what you could do for the Lord. The Lord died for you. The Lord shed his blood for you. And the issue is not what can he do for you. It's the real issue is what he's already done for you more than you deserve. The real issue now is what can you do for him in response to what he's already done for you. Huh? Servanthood. So which ministry are you going to sign up today for? Huh? You see the tables. You can't miss them unless you try to miss them. Okay? Those are spiritual goals. Only a life that is totally yielded and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ will rise up to his God-given potential. Only a life that is totally surrendered, yielded and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ will rise up to his God-given potential. Isaiah 6, 8 says, uh, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. You see, when you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, you say, Lord, here I am, send me. Acts 9, 6, A says, so he, Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And what a question we ought to be asking today. Lord, what do you want me to do for you this year? This year. This year. You know what? If you're going to soar for the Lord... Walking, communing, and having intimate relationship and fellowship with God will result in unlimited kingdom possibilities. Walking, communing, and having an intimate relationship and fellowship with God will result in unlimited kingdom possibilities. Genesis 5.24 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Hebrews 11.5 says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. In other words, Enoch's communion with God was so rich, so deep, until God enjoyed his relationship with that man of God so much until he did not permit Enoch to experience death. But Enoch was translated and walked right on up to heaven because of a deep, abiding, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, when you walk close to God and when you hear his word and obey his word, your eyes haven't seen and your ears haven't heard the great things God has in store for you as you begin to commune and fellowship with him. Number six, listen, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill and control every aspect of our lives will enable us to see the power of God put on display through us and the divine favor from God upon us. If you want to see God use you to the fullest of your potential, then yield every aspect of your body, inner man, as well as the outer man, to the glory of God. Ephesians 5.18b says, but be filled with the spirit of God. If you're going to be greatly used of God, listen, dream God-sized dreams. Did you hear what? Re- re- repeat after me. Dream, God-sized, God-sized dreams. 
In Genesis 37, 19, the scripture says, then they said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. Ooh, that's an account of Joseph. And Joseph was given dreams by God, but those brothers were tired of this man in his dreams. And they saw him coming at a distance and they plotted and conspired to kill him, to kill him. And they said, oh, that here comes the dreamer. Now, they were they were mocking him in a sense. But you know what? What an appropriate title for all of us. What if somebody can see you having so many dreams and visions and aspiring in such a way that people say to you, look, here, here she, there she is. Here's the dreamer. There he is. Here's the dreamer. Dream. And then when you dream, dream big. Dream big. The dreamer is coming. Can that be said of you? Look, the gossiper is coming. Uh-oh. Look, the alcoholic is coming. The liar is coming. The homemonger is coming. The hypocrite is coming. Uh-huh. Look, look the, the, that angry man is coming. Huh? The, the, the pornographer is coming. But what a wonderful thing when somebody can look at you and say, look, the dreamer is coming. Let me transition one more time and then we'll be done. Why does God give us access uh, make available to us these great, inexpressible, incomprehensible possibilities. Why does God give us access or uh, make available to us these great, inexpressible, incomprehensible possibilities? It's, it's found in verse uh, 21. It says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. In other words, God gives us access to these immense resources we have in Christ for the purpose of glorifying Him in the church throughout the ages forever. As we continue today's message, isn't it exciting and powerful to know what we can accomplish through our Heavenly Father's plan and purpose? Isn't it reassuring to know that we don't have to, nor should we, rely on our human limits and finite mindsets? Because our omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent Heavenly Father gives us all we need to reach unimaginable heights through His limitless power. Keep listening and keep your Bible pen and paper handy. God wants to do these things exceedingly abundantly far more than you can ask or think not to say look what I have done but it is for the glory of God and for the glory of God alone. What God has given you and provided in you is not for you exclusively to just boast and brag about and or sit down on or to be selfish with. God has given what he has given you for the exclusive purpose of glorifying his name. How is God glorified in his church? How is God, and then we'll be done. How is God glorified in his church? Number one, when the saints obey God's commandments. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandment and keep, keepeth him. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. When you keep the commandments of God, when a church keepeth, follows the word of God, then God is glorified in his church. Number two, when the church shines in the midst of darkness, when the church shines in the midst of decaying and a decadent world, 
when the church shines and a dark, decaying, decadent world. Uh, Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may that they may uh, see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Do you realize the darker the world gets, the lighter, the brighter the world, the church should be shining. But you know what? The church can't shine because so much of the world is in the church. That's right. So much liberalism is in the church. Foolishness is in the church. Hypocrisy is in the church. The church should have the answer. But 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 we need help because the church at large has become uh, is no longer a beacon light to draw sinners to Christ. You know, um, thirdly, how is God glorified in his church when the church sees the love of Christ in the church and in the world? God is glorified in his church when when the world can see the love of Christ in the church as well as the love of Christ in the world. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I love you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Galatians 6, 10, Therefore, as you have opportunity, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So when we love each other and love the world with a Christ-like love that they can see Jesus in us, then God is glorified. Number four, God is glorified through the church when the church is operating in the unity of the spirit. God is glorified through unity in his church. John 17, 11, Jesus is praying that his church would be one as he and the father are one. Uh, Acts 2.46, they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. So the church is glorified when there's unity in the church. You know, so many churches are backbiting and fighting all over the world. And Satan is sitting on the sidelines saying, look, I got them right where I want them to be. And, and you end up fighting and devouring one another instead of us being a united front to fight against the devil. And if you can get church the body of Christ to fight from within, then the kingdom agenda of God will not be advanced on earth. Uh, how is God glorified in this church? Listen, number five, God is glorified through church discipline. Say church discipline. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. In other words, you put them out. In other words, if there's an issue in the body of Christ between two saints in the church, they should come together and to the best of their ability, with the help of the Lord, resolve that issue between them two and them two alone, according to this scripture. You know what people do when they get mad at folk? If there's an issue, they tell everybody but the person they have an issue with. And that create all kinds of schism and division within the Lord's church. Another person don't have a clue that you're even mad at them. Instead of going to your brother, like the scripture says. He said, if y'all can't resolve it, then you get two or three other persons who are spiritually mature, to, to speak into that situation. And if that doesn't work, then you bring it before the whole church. That's why we have a church reconciliation council here so that I don't have to handle all the dirty work 
And so that when issues arise, they do all they can to resolve those issues. But believe you me, we've had some issues. When when an issue or two comes before the church, it's because everything else has been tried and it's not working. Then you bring it before the church and then you let that person go. As a matter of fact, the scripture says you turn them over to Satan. And you turn them over to Satan so that Satan can get a hold to them and they fall under conviction and run back bamming the door saying, let me back in the church. You don't go to, say church discipline. Folk don't like that word, but it's a real word. And it's right here. The goal of church discipline is not to put people out of the church. Listen closely. The goal of church discipline is to keep the members in the church pure. <laughs> Did you get what I just said? It's like me. When a person is put out, they're put out because they're a bit, I'm living like this. You're not going to change me. I ain't going to change. I ain't, I ain't, I'm, I ain't. Okay, out. That's right, out. I tell you, well, you know what? The church ought to have standards. You've got standards at Trinity University. You're not going to graduate unless you go by standards. You can't even go to nail school, have nails done unless you do things. You don't get licensed unless you go by somebody's standards. Huh? Huh? You don't fly plane. You say, you know, uh, well, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to get in the cockpit. I'm going to fly United today. They're going to fly you right to jail. <laughs> huh? But you come to church. Anything can go. Just be sloppy and slouchy. And then wonder what's wrong. We've been called a, a strict church. I don't care. Read my lips. I'd rather be too strict than too loose. That's right. We've been called a mixed church. You know, we got Hispanics and whites and interracial couples. I still don't care. That's looking more like heaven. The more mixed we are, the more heavenly we look. And by the way, if you go to hell, it's mixed down there too. You, you, that's right. You have to have church discipline. You have to have standards. You have to have the. You ought to want this. You ought to be glad you have a pastor that want to cut it straight, set the bar high, and then challenge you to live up to the bar. That's the mark of marks of a healthy church to the glory of God. Uh, you, the doing with church discipline is also in the birth of the church, right? The onset of the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Turn there. Turn to Acts 5, 1 through 11. Uh, uh, you see there, God did some discipline himself. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And look what he did. He kept back part of the proceeds his wife also being aware of it, you know, he gave part uh, under pretension that he gave all. <laughs> but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you convinced this? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. In other words, when you give your tithes and offering, you give a, a, some kind of representation of it, but it is not the full portion and that first portion. Now, verse 5, then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. 
Now it was about three hours later. How many hours later? Three. When his wife, Miss Sephora, she came in, not knowing what happened to her hubby. <laughs> Verse 8, and Peter answered, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Verse 9, then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are now at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and at his feet and breathed her last. In other words, she dropped dead. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Listen, folk didn't dare join the church because they said, if you join that church and do the wrong thing, God will kill you. So they said, they, so the people feared the church. They had a reverential fear. Of, of God in the church then that, that's not even being manifested now. Let me tell you something. It's dangerous to lie to God amidst his people. Whether it's in giving and serving, saying one thing and doing another, and on and on it goes. Then listen, God is glorified through the, the evangelization of sinners. Uh, Acts 1.8 and Acts 2.14. In other words, God expects us to go into the world, into our Jerusalem, into all Converse area, all of San Antonio, Texas, the nation and the nations of the world, and that we get the gospel out to the glory of God. There's a young man who's present with us today who re recently joined this church, and he just he just boggled my mind. I'm so excited. Uh, matter of fact, he's in the congregation today, but I'm not calling his name because I don't want you, uh, he didn't know I'm going to do it, but, and I'm not going to call his name, but I will mention the account. He he said, you know, when is the next time you're going to have neighborhood outreach because I want to be there? I almost passed out. Because I, have, I haven't ever had somebody who newly joined come up to me and ask me, when is the next time we're going to go knock on doors? Because I don't want to miss that 10. I don't want to miss that appointment. I want to be there. I love that ministry. So can you tell me when we're going to go out? So I won't miss knocking on doors, telling folk about Jesus. I almost, I, just, I, need, I need somebody to come get, some kind of get, Marlon, you need to come get a handkerchief and wipe my face right now. I'm still, I'm still messed up over that. I almost took his temperature. Because that's abnormal. It, that should be the norm. But it's abnormal. Let me ask you, how come y'all don't ask that question? Is he the only one? Somebody said, when the next time we go out, check next month's experience and you'll see. Uh, what I'm saying is that, listen, you ought to be excited to tell folk about Jesus. I mean, look, did you see that killing in Tucson, Arizona? You know, the Coptic Christian church that was bombed. People are killing, being massacred. You see all those headless bodies down in Mexico they discovered? This thing going on and on and on. And you're just kind of there watching your dancing with the stars. You're watching your reality show. What, what would you do? And all of these things. And folk are going to hell in droves. And do you even care? You know? Finally, but not the least. God is glorified in the church. 
when the world can recognize we have been with Jesus. Wow. When folk can look at you and see Jesus all over you, Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I close with this. When is the last time somebody looked at you on your job or at your family reunion or at your high school reunion or on a cruise ship or at a restaurant because you bowed your head and said and blessed your food and they concluded that you have been with Jesus? When is the last time? A better still to measure this, a worse still. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would that even be enough evidence to convict you? And the judge hits the gavel on the desk and says, case dismissed for insufficient evidence. Y'all wearing t-shirts, all this personalities, you're putting all these crazy tattoos all over your body. I'm not against wearing crosses, but Jesus did say bear your cross. You can wear, there's nothing wrong with bear. I'm not against that. You can wear crosses. You can put a bumper sticker saying honk if you love Jesus. But listen, you need to be driving like Jesus. Amen. Don't say honk if you love Jesus and you're driving like the devil, cussing folk out and giving them the finger. Huh? Listen. If people can't recognize you have been to Jesus. Your life is not Christ-centered. It is off-centered. And all God's children said. God does not want, nor did he create us to live limited lives. We should never underestimate our potential or the power of God within us. He gives us everything we need to grow in and through Him. As Pastor Rander shared with us today, we grow through the Word of God, through prayer, through a teachable spirit, through assembling with other believers to learn sound doctrine, and through difficult circumstances. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.